0: Welcome to Answer the Call. I'm your host and go-to career coach, Kelsey Kemp. You're tuning in to the Job Library series, which is a bingeable collection of interviews with professionals from a vast variety of industries to help you gain the exposure and the insider info you need to find a career path you'll love. If you're excited to live vicariously through people with super cool jobs, maybe even some you've never heard of, then you're in the right place. If you're looking for step-by-step guidance on how you could identify your own unique calling and actually land a job that pays you to fulfill it, then go have a blast scrolling through the nearly 50 other episodes of Answer the Call waiting for you below this series. This week is all about the exciting and diverse field of engineering, and in this episode, my new friend Cheryl Rogers shares all about her love for civil engineering in particular. Cheryl serves as a civil engineer for the city of Burney outside of San Antonio, Texas, where she loves working as a public servant to improve her city for her fellow citizens. I love so many things about this episode, but I was especially taken by Cheryl's story. She is a people person through and through who has a desire to feel like she's personally helping people improve their lives in an impactful way. And while this once led her to wonder if she would have to become a doctor or a nurse to be able to do that, she actually found the perfect career path for her in civil engineering. You'll also have to stick around to the end to hear her crazy story of how God graciously guided her and her husband into their dream jobs, even when it seemed difficult and it looked like they had to keep going back and forth in sacrificing their career moves for one another. In the end, she'll share how she realized God was truly working all things to their good, and you'll even get to hear about the movie-like moment where God gave Cheryl a calling and put everything into place in her career. I know you'll love this conversation as much as I did, but before we dive in, I have one quick favor to ask. No matter if you're new here or a longtime listener, I'd love your help. Would you mind simply tapping on the stars on Apple Podcasts to rate the show? It's seriously only one little click, but it actually helps a lot. It's a super quick win for you if you're a listener who wants to support the show in a tiny but mighty way. Thank you so much to those of you who have left a rating and review already and shared the show and tagged me on Instagram stories. Your help means so much to me. Okay, now let's dive into this conversation with Cheryl Rogers. We're rolling. Cheryl, I am so excited to have you here to talk about the glorious field of civil engineering. Mm -hmm. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited.
0: It is my joy because just as we were saying, I am so excited to talk to anyone that doesn't just you know, think their job is all right, and they can talk about the facts, but people that are like, let me evangelize this profession. I love Uh, talking about it. It sounds like that's you, so I am amped to get into all the
1: questions. (laughs) I'm excited too.
0: Yeah, so first one, pretty simple, but what's your role right now, and what do you do?
1: Yeah, so I am the city engineer in Bernie, Texas, which is a town outside of the hill country, or sorry, in the hill country outside of San Antonio, and um, as a city engineer, really, I help with development. And so that entails plan reviews and really um, just working with developers from their initial concept of if they want to build a residential neighborhood or if they want to um, build apartments, so on and so forth. Um, I'll help them from the initial concept up to them actually building their project and um, moving on. And so another aspect of what I do is I help maintain the streets in our city. And so um, whether it's fixing a pothole or if there's a crack in a sidewalk, I'll take a lot of those calls. And so obviously with that comes a lot of public involvement, which is um, really fun to me. So those those are the two primary roles for what I'm doing right now.
0: That's so interesting. I didn't realize that civil engineering well I have really limited exposure to it but would involve picking up the phone like any chatty Kathy being like hey I hate this pothole can you come fix it is it something (laughs) like that or am I imagining It it
1: is no yeah that is absolutely it um yeah, it can be anything as small as there is this little crack in the sidewalk, can you fix it? And so we have to assess whether it's worth it or not, you know, obviously, and um, whether it's worth spending the money on. Um, but it's, it's a lot of public involvement. I, I really love that. I know it's not for everyone, but I was kind of worried going into engineering that I'd never get to talk to people and I'd be behind a, behind a desk all day, but that isn't necessarily true. Oh, that is so
0: good to hear. I am just left and right in all these engineering-focused interviews that I've been doing, hearing all sorts of myths uh, broken down. The primary Mm -hmm. one is that you have to be excellent at math. I'd like to get your opinion on that later. But another (laughs) one is it's not so people oriented. Mm -hmm. And so that might be kind of a safe haven for people who like to have more of a technical focus less right. of a communication based focus mm-hmm. but I'm still hearing a lot of like wait that's also a myth you have to still like any professional be proficient in some level of communication right. and work with people yeah. you never avoid that but then there's people like you that proactively enjoy working with others mm-hmm. and you still found a place in engineering that you really love
1: so yes, that's so absolutely. cool yeah oh. there's definitely two sides to it for sure there can be that technical aspect where you don't have to talk to someone if you don't want to you just have to find the right job
0: yeah oh gosh there's really a place for everybody I guess Mm -hmm. so other two questions I love to kick off with which is what are you all about like you in a nutshell what you love and then what's a career dream of yours big or small
1: all right. So I guess what I'm all about, I've already touched on, I love people. I love talking to people. I love helping people. I really wanted to be a public servant. And so that's why I found myself in my current role, naturally. And so I just really wanted a job where I could help people. And when I was going through college, honestly, I always thought, why am I not going into the medical industry? Like, that's, it's just not for me. Like, I just, I am not the person that wants to study medicine all day, but I want to help people. But, so I always doubted myself. And so luckily I was able to um, navigate into career. And I I guess God really helped me find that um, because I still, even starting out my career, decided I'm not sure how I'm going to be able to help people every day. And I feel like I found a place where I can do that. And career dreams, big or small, I feel like, this is going to sound so cheesy, but I feel like I found my dream job. That's
0: what I want to hear. That's amazing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So um, gosh, I, I knew that I always wanted to work for a city. um, But as you know, cities tend to have that reputation of, you know, just boring and government employee and you're working with a lot of older people who aren't enthusiastic about their job, but that's not what I found at all. And so I just I love working for cities. I can't see myself leaving um, the municipal world. So as far as career goals, I'd love to stay at the city and um, move up eventually into a director position and see where it goes from there.
0: Oh my gosh, what a gift to have really mm-hmm. found your groove and just want to continue to flourish in it and go mm-hmm. higher up the chain. That is so so cool. So when did you graduate college, and what has your post grad career journey been up to this point?
1: Yes, so I graduated in May 2014 from Texas A&M with a bachelor's degree in civil engineering, and then as far as the other question, can you repeat it please? (laughs) Oh yeah, sure,
0: of course, (laughs) like what was your post-grad journey up until this point in terms of other roles that you might have held until your current one?
1: Yes, so I, um, I started working for a company called Jones and Carter straight out of college. And the role I'm in right now at the city is my second job. So I've been at, I was at Jones and Carter from then until now for about five or six years and I grew up in Houston. So I went back to Houston and I was working there with municipal utility districts, which I won't go into what that is exactly, but it's like a small city. It's um, a type of municipality that functions sort of like a city. And so that was my introduction into municipalities. And so, really, that's where I started to learn to love it and get into public involvement, and kind of realize my passion. But as far as realizing that I wanted to pursue a career in civil engineering, I didn't. That's what I always tell people. I did not know that until I really went to my first, my job interview when I interviewed at Jones and Carter and they were describing the job and I was like, okay, I do want to do civil engineering. Good <laughs> thing I picked this. Um, Cause I actually grew up wanting to do architecture. Whoa. Um, yes. All right. And so I was actually signed up and ready to go to Kansas State University, which is my dad's alma mater. And I just decided during spring break really late my senior year that it was too far, too far from family, couldn't do it. It was like a 12-hour car ride, not for me. So I applied late to Texas A&M and got in, but their architecture school was full. And literally in passing one day, one of my friends said, you know, I think civil engineering is close to architecture. And that I applied. I didn't even look into it. I was just Life like, okay. Life path changed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Done. <Yeah. laughs> So thank goodness, I ended up loving it. And really, I I am a nerd that loves math. And so looking at the architecture curriculum, I was like, Oh, no, there's no math in here. Um, So I was really excited to be able to do math. So I know a lot of people can't relate to that. (laughs) No, I actually
0: love math, even though I consider myself a more like creative brain, um, where, you know, not always the most orderly place in the world inside my noggin, but mm-hmm. I actually love math so much, so I think it's kind of, it's for all
1: sorts of people, so yes, I, I good. That's so interesting. <laughs> I feel alone like, sometimes when I no, say that. <laughs> no,
0: no, no, actually in college when I took those, I guess, required two math courses for business majors, when a new question would pop up on the screen on like eCampus, I actually, my heart rate would quicken with excitement. It was like a game. It was so weird. And someone was like, you should do accounting. And I thought, get behind me, Satan. No. (laughs) That's too intense of a misuse of scripture, um, said in a sassy joke that my Southern mother taught me. Moving Mm -hmm. on. Anyway. All right. So that's pretty crazy how God, like, really, through these funny events, shaped your path into civil engineering. And then you're actually like, this is awesome. It has math like I wanted to. (laughs) I get to work with people. I would love to get a little bit more of your perspective on what you were saying earlier about always wanting to really help people Mm -hmm. and thinking, does that slot me into the medical field? And I found that so interesting because actually a lot of the people I've worked with say the same thing, that they have a deep desire to have a real helping hand in people's lives. And for some reason, they always felt like, well, obviously, is that the way to go into the medical field? So how did you, I guess, let go of that idea and then see that civil engineering actually would be an unlikely but amazing place to fulfill Mm -hmm. that desire?
1: Yeah, well, I guess I would say, I would say that I knew medicine wasn't for me. Like, honestly, jokingly, I am not the person that can sit down and read a book and Mm -hmm. remember what I'm reading. And so, you know, one of my roommates just studied biology and she was just constantly reading and she loved it. And that wasn't for me. And so I think academically I had decided I can't do medicine it's just not what i want to do but i also i have a much more technical brain and a problem-solving brain and so i think because of that i just i wanted to get into solving issues and solving problems and i guess that that along with wanting to help people fit better with civil engineering and what i wanted to do with my life
0: that's so cool i would love for you to talk a little bit about the from what i've heard vast variety of specialties that you could mm-hmm. pursue within yes. civil, could you take us down a little overview of what someone might be able to explore if they're interested in this track of engineering?
1: Yes, so I think you told me we have six hours to talk, so. <laughs> yes, um, so this <laughs> is a full day workshop. Yes, yeah, go full ahead. day workshop on the mini, yes, because it'll <laughs> take that long, I'm just kidding. Um, so. <laughs> So I'm looking for my list because I had to make a list because there's course. so many of them.
0: No, this um, would be a list-worthy question, <laughs> answer
1: for sure. Yes, yeah, so I would say the most, the most popular tract to go into after your career is land development, so essentially taking a raw piece of land and adding water, sewer, gas, electric, streets, and getting it into a place where you can build something on it, whether it's mm. houses or apartments whatnot so but that's not really something they teach you in college ironically but that's (laughs) it's just not like they should have a land development class because that no one really knows what that means and then they're taking a job doing land development like I hope I like this I'm not sure what it is because that's that's probably the majority probably the majority of jobs that people get after college with civil engineering that's Um, so interesting need some curriculum feedback Yes. Uh, send him an email
0: like I've actually thought about doing that <laughs> send AM this email like hey know. you know what you should listen to me you should have <laughs> this class instead
1: <laughs> right yes and get rid of this one that doesn't apply to anyone yeah MATLAB for any of you engineers listening MATLAB I don't understand why we have to try that hard on MATLAB but <laughs>
0: everyone just raise their hand
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> you know?
0: like, amen
1: like yes <laughs> so there's also more of the on the municipal side, there's water and wastewater. So, mm-hmm. treating water for drinking purposes, and then treating water that is flushed down the toilet to be released back into the environment. It's a very technical job. There is transportation engineering, which is pretty self-explanatory. But um, I'd say, I guess a good example of that would be Texas roads need to be designed, and so you can work on designing roads and bridges. Normally you don't design roads for like subdivisions or smaller smaller roads like that. It'd be larger roads like text.work. work. And then there's geotechnical engineering. That's basically the study of dirt. Never appealed to me, but I know there is a lot of people passionate about that. It's a lot of testing, testing soils and giving recommendations for building structures on top of soil. And then there's environmental engineering, which goes kind of hand in hand with water, wastewater, but um, there's a separate track you can go where you're basically studying the environment, taking water samples, learning about how to protect the environment more. Not as common with civil engineering degrees, but I think a very notable one, because I think it's very interesting. And there's structural engineering, which is most people who come into college and decide they're going to go into civil engineering want to pursue structural engineering, and then most people leaving out of college do not pursue structural engineering because you think it's going to be this really cool, like we're going to design buildings, and it's normally not. A lot of times, it's just designing like foundations and <laughs> things that. I'm, my husband's a structural engineer, so he loves it. Uh, you know, everyone has their own spot, but it's it's very technical. And I went in thinking I wanted to do structural and then realized that wasn't quite my passion. It's just a lot of computer software and such, which a lot of people love. There's also construction engineering, which is what my husband specialized in um, and Mm -hmm. eventually went into structural. But construction, as it sounds, they help with the construction process and they're out in the field a lot, helping with all the other aspects of civil engineering. And then it's not necessarily a path you can take in college, but there's oil and gas going into the oil and gas industry. Very, very popular, maybe not as much right now, but was very popular back in 2014, at least when I was graduating. And so a lot of people, a lot of companies really just want to hire mechanical and electrical engineers for oil and gas positions. But I know it seems like a lot of companies have been opening up to the idea of hiring civil engineers because. We study a lot of the same subjects and have a lot of the same credentials, and so they've been hiring civil engineers too. And that's, that pretty much wraps it up. Hopefully I didn't skip anyone.
0: (laughs) Well, um, yeah, seems like there's lots of different areas that someone might be able to go into. I'm wondering if you have any advice for someone who's decided, I want to be an engineer, I do want to go into civil engineering, but now even further, like, they're trying to decide which specialty they want to go into, and for that person who's in that place, what advice do you have for them, and is it as simple as just kind of check out your classes, see which one you like, or is there anything more, like, deeper than that?
1: I'd say, gosh, even even going through all the classes, I still had no idea what I wanted to do when I graduated because you don't get a feel, you get a feel of, you basically learn the language for each discipline, mm-hmm. but you don't get a feel of what actually working in that discipline would be like. And so I would say that, I mean, each, each one of them is very different and some are more technical than others because like land development, for instance, I'd say is for the person who wants to do a big project, maybe not as technical, but they want to do a big project. It involves a lot of drafting and it involves a lot of meeting with clients because really civil engineering is mainly consulting related. So all of them generally you're meeting with clients and trying to figure out their goal and provide that goal. And so land development, yeah, lots of drafting if you enjoy drafting. And then On the more technical side, that would be, like, if you enjoy chemistry, that would be water, wastewater, environmental person. They're the people that are very technical. They love to run calculations. They love to, they can still develop plans and do some drafting, um, but they're much more technical. And I think it's a very, very, very interesting aspect of um, civil engineering, because honestly, like, treating people's water, and it's just, it's such a, big part of our society that no one Mm -hmm. really ever gets credit for. And so being able to be a part of that and treat water and provide these essential needs to people, I think is very fulfilling. For transportation, a lot of times, these are massive projects. And so it's fun for people who want to be maybe a small part of a bigger picture, um, right? Because you can't You can't complete a big project like this by yourself. So if you want to be like lots of moving parts and be a small part of a big picture, getting a massive project done, that would be a good spot for someone like that. And then geotechnical engineering, it's a lot of lab work. And so the people who like to be in the lab and be hands-on, get outside, take samples, analyze the samples and create reports, that'd be a good spot for someone like that. And then construction engineering, I'll touch on that. Really, it's for the person who likes to be outside and build things. Um, I think that one's pretty straightforward. If you like to be outside and you don't want to be stuck behind a desk all day, that is your best bet of being able to get outside and be hands-on. Yeah, so, I mean, they're all so different and, I guess, all kind of similar at the same time because a lot of times it's just client, client-oriented. client Do you ever find people um, – well, because, you know, you're kind
0: of mentioning there's nothing like – actually getting in the field and trying it and getting real mm-hmm. work experience. So have you seen many of your peers get into one discipline of civil engineering and say, oh, nope, I think this other one is going to be better for me and make a switch? Is that mm-hmm. fairly doable? And simple? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it is. I actually had a close friend who did that recently one of the, I'm realizing as I'm talking, I skipped over one of my favorite acts, aspects of civil engineering is hydraulics and hydrology, which is essentially the study of drainage, like water draining and making sure you're not flooding people is, I guess, the very quick and easy way I can describe it. But I had a friend who was doing something similar to to what I was doing in Houston, working with municipalities, and it's a lot of working with people, like I said, and and a lot of really small tasks and fast-paced work, and she just didn't enjoy it. She didn't want to have to meet with clients all the time and um, have to constantly be on the phone calling and coordinating things, and so she actually made a switch into probably three or four years into her career. She made a switch to, to do hydraulics and hydrology drainage, and she has loved it and so I think there's a lot of opportunity for that I mean I've I heard it all the time being in the consulting world especially as a young engineer just find what you're passionate about and if there's an opening in the company and you decide you want to make a switch we'll we'll help you we'll help you get to where you need to be because we want you like if if they think you're a good employee we we want to keep you and what we want you to be happy and be doing what you want to do so I think there's absolutely that opportunity which is I think critical for the rest of your life, like setting up the foundation for the rest of your life. Cause a lot of people they start their job and say, I, I hate this. Like this is not for me. And they feel stuck. And also, I mean, unless you have an internship, you might be taking a job and really have no idea what civil yeah. engineering really means. Because that's how I felt. That's absolutely oh, most how of I the felt. time
0: it's a wild guess, no matter mm-hmm. what. Like college classes and even internships are not the same as your full time work
1: a lot it's of just the time not. <laughs> yes it's not, and so yeah it's scary to say like this is what I'm gonna invest my life in so I would just say encouraging anyone who's listening if you are feeling that way just make the leap of faith like there's no better time than the present to just make that switch well maybe maybe not during a pandemic <laughs> but <laughs> whenever jobs are nice and healthy and ready and available just make the switch because you will not regret it, even if it seems scary and even if you're comfortable right now.
0: Exactly. And I love when you mentioned it's scary thinking, what am I going to invest my life in? Maybe it's really productive to just embody I'm trying things out until I find the thing that Mm -hmm. I want to invest my life in. I know that it would have saved me a lot of stress and all of that and pressure if I hadn't gone into my very first job thinking is this like the thing that starts the track that is my life and I can't (laughs) hop off it like here I am no Mm -hmm. you can you can hop off anytime and do something else so it's really wonderful hopefully our society is only growing in acceptance of Mm -hmm. um career moves that are wise and healthy and life-giving and it really sounds like that's the way we're going as evidenced by companies like the one you were with that acknowledged Mm -hmm. hey we don't want to lose you we want you to be happy we'll help you move into another branch of the company just tell us so right that's a really wonderful thing what type of person do you feel would make a great fit for a career in civil engineering in terms of like their qualities and their preferences and strengths and how is that different maybe than other disciplines in engineering? I know that there's so many but but I would love your thoughts on this.
1: No yeah a lot of people think I mean I would agree that you don't need to be good at math. Mm. I mean like it's very helpful to be good at math to get you through college but once you graduate there's like spreadsheets and programs to do math for you so if you struggle with math but you yeah but you want to do engineering and it's it's not the end of the world and there's also people who think you know I'm not smart enough to do engineering and I I just I mean it just makes me sad whenever people say that because yes school is hard school's hard no matter what you're doing and it can be really stressful and you can doubt yourself all the time thinking I'm not smart enough for this but I've just found in my career, of course, there's technical positions and there's people I've met in technical positions that are just absolutely brilliant. They're brainiacs and they're incredible at their jobs and that's what drives their success. There's also the people who are just people persons. They Mm -hmm. are great at talking to people. They have passion about their job and giving a client what they want and they make that happen for their client. And that's They may not be the best person at calculus or physics or um, really understand a lot of that, but they are so good at what they do because they are driven by helping people. And so I would say that you don't necessarily need to have that strength of being incredibly smart and you know the 4.0 person in your class to be able to be successful. And I'd say also, as far as wanting to go into civil engineering, I've always thought that civil engineers they're the person that wants to draw something on paper and then see it get built. Like that is just the most satisfying thing to come up with an idea, put it on paper, and then actually get to like show your friends, hey, look at what I helped build. It's pretty incredible. And so I'd say normally that's what sets civil engineers apart. It's the people who also they have to see things to understand them. Like I'm not a chemistry person whatsoever if I can't see atoms colliding and whatever else happens in chemistry because I didn't pay attention, I don't understand it. I just don't understand it. And so I have to be able to see things physically in order to um, be interested in it. And so I think that's another part of a characteristic of Mm -hmm. civil engineers that you typically see normally like math and science. And another big one is problem solving. Absolutely. Normally people just love to solve problems who go into engineering in general. But as far as the most stereotypical thing, if you have found that you love Legos, then engineering might be the career for you. Oh my gosh, (laughs) as your
0: son grows up, I am sure that y'all are going to be watching him. Will he pick up a Lego? Will he love it?
1: (laughs) You're going to be a civil engineer. (laughs) We're probably going to, like, force it on him. Like, love Legos. You have to love Legos. He's going to hate it. (laughs) But no, like 99%... 99% 99% of the time, it's like, oh, I loved Legos when I was a kid. That's why I went into engineering.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's so true. I'm thinking of my other civil engineering friends, and yes. actually, even in college, one of my friends, Kevin, he just wouldn't stop talking about how he still loves Legos and still has yeah. them. And oh. yeah, gosh, this is really making Great. things click for me now. Thank you
1: you are welcome yes i am excited for my son to be the age where we can play with legos i'll pull out my old legos and we're gonna have a lot of fun
0: (laughs) oh family hobby Yes. Hey there, if you're listening to this episode right now, it's probably because you're somewhere on the range of mildly curious to high key desperate to get out of analysis paralysis and into a job that will be an exciting and rewarding fit for your unique talents, values and interests, which... By the way, I'm here to help you do just that in record time. If we haven't met yet, I'm Kelsey Kemp, a career coach specialized in helping Christians discern their unique calling and practically land a job that pays them to fulfill it so you could have an impactful and meaningful career. Trust me, I get it. Picking a singular path out of the sea of options, then making a potential industry pivot to get into that line of work can all be insanely daunting. That's why I created the Deep Dive Career Coaching Program, so you could have me by your side, confidently walking you through each step of a career transition from start to finish. From discerning God's will for your life and what path you're truly called to take, to finding the exact job title that actually aligns with that, then getting hired for that position with confidence and speed, I'm here to be your personal career coach from start to finish. My signature two-month private career coaching program includes seven weekly coaching sessions with me, access to the library of guides and workbooks I've created to clearly guide your transition, as well as unlimited support from me in between sessions to help you nail down every single step of the practicals like your networking strategy and messaging and your resume and interviews and negotiations all help you save a load of time, stress, and dead-end job applications so you could land the job you're called to faster than you thought possible. Seriously, it could be on the other side of just two months. If all that sounds like a dream to you, then I want to formally invite you to apply for my deep dive private career coaching program. To take the first step, go to my website, kelseykemp.com coaching to learn more and book a free 30 minute consultation with me this week to objectively evaluate if this opportunity is the perfect fit for you. I only work with people who are ready to go deep do the work and actually make a change once the path is made clear to them. So if that sounds like you and you're ready to accelerate your path to building an impactful career aligned with who God made you to be and what he put on your heart to do, then go to kelseykemp.com coaching to learn more and book a free 30-minute consultation with me this week to get started. I'll talk to you soon. Now back to the episode. Well, what are some common misconceptions that you've run into with civil engineering? I know we've touched on a couple of them, but any mm-hmm. others?
1: Yeah, the one that normally comes to mind that, I, that people are like, why would you go into civil engineering? Is um, People just think that we are glorified dirt movers, that we're just like, like you see that pile over there? needs to be moved over here and that's what we do like (laughs) what I cannot tell you how many people have said that (laughs) they just think because that's what normally when you see construction equipment they're just moving dirt you know but it's a lot it's obviously a lot more than that but that's I've gotten that a lot from people and I'd say that's one of the one of the bigger misconceptions I'd also say that when I don't know if this is necessarily a misconception but People tend to overlook civil engineers. and Not, I'm not saying people like looking for a career choice, but just in general, society overlooks civil engineering until something fails. Aww. And so, it's something that you don't really think about until you get in the industry and you're like, people only really call me when they're upset. <laughs> like, yeah, that makes sense. And so, which it's fine because you get to help them out, but you don't really think about it until the street you drive on every day starts failing or your toilet doesn't flush or your water comes out and it's brown or your house (laughs) floods and you don't understand why. And so I think that's one thing that's kind of overlooked is that um, civil engineers don't necessarily get credit until something goes wrong and they fix it.
0: (laughs) Is that kind of sad? I feel like that would be really frustrating for me.
1: Um, it It can be at times. I would say biggest example of that would be Hurricane Harvey. So I was in Houston working as an engineer with a lot of municipalities who over who saw immense disaster and home flooding and it was devastating. Absolutely devastating to be a part of that. And it wasn't necessarily that the infrastructure was designed incorrectly. It was just that it was so much rain. What do you do with that? You know, like we don't design for that much rain. To happen every 500 years, and um, and I wish we could. I wish that was feasible, but a lot of times it's not. And so, I, I had multiple neighborhoods I was working with where they um, they had a lot of homes flood, and we had to you know work through if there was anything that we could do to help fix that problem for future storms. And then I really those people weren't complaining. They just wanted you know to see if there was anything we could do. And I had one neighborhood who complained that they didn't have any homes flood they just complained and complained and complained because their streets were flooded for a day. Oh, one day their streets were day. flooded and they, they couldn't go to the grocery store for a day.
0: In Hurricane so Harvey, they're complaining about one Hurricane day. During
1: Hurricane Harvey. Yes, oh they were God. our most vocal neighborhood and not a single home flooded and so it's times like that where it's frustrating where it's like um, we're, we're doing, you know, in our minds we were, you know, jumping for joy because it was successful. You know, we were yeah. so happy that no one in that neighborhood had flooded and a lot of neighborhoods weren't that fortunate and they kind of understood that it was just a lot of rain. And so that can be, that aspect of it can be disheartening whenever someone's not grateful for something that you think that you think they should be grateful for. Yeah. Because we, we didn't have flood and we were so grateful and we couldn't get out of our neighborhood for a week, mm. but we were so grateful and so thankful for how the engineers designed our neighborhood and that we were safe and we were, we around a house right next to a creek and we're still fine and so yeah that that aspect can be frustrating but I'd say it's few and far between that that happens.
0: Well I'm glad because yeah, I echo that
1: that sounds so frustrating.
0: <laughs> um, yes. So what does your typical day in the life look like in terms of the hours that you work and the actual tasks that you spend the majority of your time doing?
1: Yes well I work eight to five, Monday through Friday. I know a lot of engineering companies, um, they do 980 schedules where they have every other Friday off. And a lot of companies work nine hours a day, Monday through Thursday and have half day Fridays. And so those are really great schedules to be able to have a little bit more time off than you would expect. Not necessarily time off, you're working the same amount of hours, but. Yeah. And then as far as a typical day, I, I normally start out, by meeting with um, some of the inspectors in the office who go inspect construction sites on behalf of the city and kind of check out what they're going to do for the day. And then I'll go and catch up on some emails and make some phone calls. I, um, Like I had said before, uh, I probably get maybe one to two or one to three calls a day of people inquiring about projects or if they have complaints or questions. And so I'll make sure to call them back. A lot of my job has been focused on drainage, and just you know, as an older city, there can be some drainage standards that don't meet the standards that we have today, um, just because they were built in the early 1900s, (laughs) and so that can be a lot of what I deal with too is um, working and really just collecting information to understand where drainage issues are in the city. And a lot of, I mean, we have city staff who obviously. I've been working here for a long time and understand that too, but I'm um, just from my understanding and trying to figure out how we can fix problems like that, whether it's a small fix or if we need to plan for a, a larger construction project. So there's a lot of that, a lot of problem solving that happens in the day of, I don't know, random things like, like, Hey, someone asked me like at the city, someone asked me if I can mow the strip of land, like, Nope, it's private property, you know, because with cities, you can't use public funds for private benefit. And so, I'm having to like research who owns this piece of land, is it public or private? You know, little little things like that um, will come up. I'm just like thinking through what I did today (laughs) and I had to look into that. And so, and a lot of it has to do with dealing with developers and developers engineers as they are putting together construction plans for their developments and reviewing those and helping them through the process and to get them into construction. So lots of emails and phone calls and meeting with people probably probably pretty typical compared to most others other <laughs> desk the, jobs I should say yes <laughs> but also well, I guess I'll add I also go out into the field to check on construction projects so that's that's I think what's a little different normally in civil engineering you get to get out of the office and go explore outside a little bit and so I get to go check on the construction sites whenever maybe I'm bogged down and I just need to get out for a second or or obviously if there's problems with the construction site at the construction site, I'll go check on it and try to come up with a solution. So yeah, that's, that's the main things that I do every day. Pretty
0: cool. Um, so what is your favorite thing about your job and what's a little less glamorous, <laughs> a little right, well, less fun?
1: Yes. So I'd say what I like most about my job, <laughs> just touch on it again. I like working with people. Yeah. Um, and so normally that's, what people would say is their least, like, like working with the public is maybe their least favorite part of their job. I hear that a lot, but I actually enjoy it because people aren't calling you to say, Hey, I really love that sidewalk you put in. Thank you so much for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> it happens, but you know, maybe like once a year, um, someone will call and say thanks, which doesn't bug me. Cause you know, we're a civil servant, you know, just trying to help others out. And so I don't expect any thank yous, but Really, I enjoy the calls where people are maybe distraught over something that's happening and they they just don't – they're distraught and they want to fix it. You know, people are very sensitive about their homes, and so if there's something happening near their home, they – Get distraught, and they're desperately trying to find someone who can help them. And so, I love being able to say, You found the right person, you know, because you can call and be like sent around in a circle of like, Well, maybe you can call this person, maybe they can help Mm -hmm. you. So, I love being the person that's like, Yes, I can help you. I'm sending someone to go look at it right now, and then being able to follow up and saying, Hey, maybe, maybe there's like a sinkhole in the road. I don't know, that's a dramatic example, but maybe they have a water leak, and it's like, All right, we're sending someone right now to fix it, and it'll be fixed in an hour and they're just so thankful afterwards. So I just, I love being able to solve problems for people. And that's probably my favorite part because a lot of times they just need to know the process and they just need to figure out the right person to talk to. So I can calmly work them through the process. and, And normally they understand and they're just thankful that they finally got in touch with the right person and were able to figure out the solution. As far as less glamorous, I do a lot of construction plan reviews. So massive pieces of paper that are like two by three feet just full of detail and I could review like a hundred sheets in one construction plan and so it's very tedious work because you you're not responsible at the end of the day for what's built but you are making sure that what they have submitted meets city code and trying to protect or catch any errors or major flaws in the plans mm-hmm. for example if if they haven't designed something correctly, someone downstream could flood, Um, their house could flood. And so, yeah, having to check all of that, which at the end of the day, it's the responsibility of the engineer checking the plans, but we just, as the city, take on the, the responsibility of double checking that work and making sure that we're protecting the citizens within the city. And so I can sit down for like four hours and look at a set of plans, just trying to take in all the details. I'm not super detail oriented, so, it can be a challenge for me to want to sit down for four hours and review Mm -hmm. plans and look at all the details and so normally I'll get bogged down and be like all right I gotta go out I gotta go outside that's the moment I'm "I'm gonna go yeah I'm gonna go out to the field I need to check on something I need to get out of here and get out of my brain
0: (laughs) well I'm glad that you have that outlet and also you must be the actual dream come true for someone who is really frustrated with a problem and then you're like so nice on the other end of the phone like don't worry you found the right place like I wish that you were on the other end of any customer service inquiry I ever had
1: <laughs> no I love customer service I always joke like I should be the person like at a clothing store with someone complaining about how their clothes don't fit right like I would love that <laughs> I mean oh probably God. not but <laughs> I always joke about how I love I love customer service and. I'm the type of person that can stay really calm if someone's yelling at me. I'll just take it and be like, okay, you got it all out. Let's talk about the problem. (laughs) We can figure this out.
0: You're one of those unicorns. Okay. (laughs) Um, So if someone's coming to the end of this interview and thinking, you know, I really am interested in maybe pursuing civil engineering. What would they have to do at the bare minimum to get qualified to just get it? entry-level beginning job. Mm-hmm. Is an uh, undergrad always required?
1: Yes. It used to not be. You'll find some engineers, maybe like in their 60s, that never went to college and they worked their way up, but no. Now today, especially especially in civil engineering, um, mm-hmm. you are required to have a degree, a bachelor's in engineering, and then what sets civil engineering apart is um, normally depending on your career path, oil and gas is different, but all the other career paths you are, if you want to move up and you're required to get your professional engineering license. And so that is um, really a requirement I'd say. And even if you are going into the oil and gas industry, I highly recommend people get their PE is what it's called. And it just makes them a lot more marketable and it's letters behind your name. So that's always fun. It's pretty
0: intense, right? I mean, yeah, so I've heard. yeah,
1: it is. Yeah, the test is pretty intense, especially because you're taking it, yeah, because whenever you graduate college, you take the engineer in training or EIT exam, and so that makes you an engineer in training, and there's really, that doesn't really get you anywhere. It just proves that you passed tests, basically, but once you work for four years in the professional industry, you can take another really hard test, your PE exam, and become a PE, and so That's what allows you to stamp plans and approve plans for really for public improvements. And so that's why in civil engineering, it's required because we're stamping plans that affect the public safety, health, and welfare. And so we have to be able to sign and seal those with an engineering license.
0: Pretty big deal (laughs) Mm -hmm. from what it sounds like. (laughs) So it's understandable that there's this big professional exam. Um, yes,
1: yeah, it's it's one of those moments where you've been working and working and working. You know, like eight years of college, and then working for four years, and then you finally get your stamp, and it's like, all right, it's time for you to stamp these plans. And you're like, never mind, uh, uh, <laughs> that's a no, lot of liability. No thanks, <laughs> yeah, I'll, pass. I'll pass. Thank you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> to wrap up. I would love to hear what is one nugget of career advice that you've learned from your own journey thus far that you would like to share with the listeners as parting advice?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. So I'd say as far as I'm going to do too. <laughs> First line is more actually career related. And so that would be before taking a job, if it's possible, try to meet your coworkers because you could have this dream job that you love. And that's everything you ever wanted it to be and then you don't enjoy your coworkers. and so mm-hmm. even if you like the work and you and don't you don't enjoy who you're around every day you're not you're not going to enjoy your job and so um, I know as a as a new grad straight out of college a lot of times you don't have that opportunity but it's always worth asking like if they offer you a job like hey can I swing by the office and meet the team and most employers I mean I can't imagine them saying no because they get it they, they know that you yeah. want to meet who you're going to be spending more time within your family, you know? Um, (laughs) Crazy. Yes. And then I would say just personal advice that also relates to basically your career. I would say I really, really, really believe that God is working to get you where you want to be. Mm. And I as far as a career, even if it just doesn't feel like it, I think that he'll put you in a job for a reason. Even if you don't like it, even if you're miserable, he might have, he might have you in that position to teach you something that's going to land you your dream job that you would never imagine leaving. And so I had that experience because with my With my husband, he, his job starting out for like five years, he just didn't enjoy it. Five years, dang. Yes, it was a long time. He had, he held two jobs within five years and both of them he didn't enjoy. It wasn't the right fit. He loved the work. It just, it just wasn't the right fit. And so it just kind of hinders your spirit a little bit because that's where you spend most of your time is at work. And so we just, we knew like God has to have a plan for you. And so one of his clients at his first job was someone that he, he loved the company. He loved everyone he worked with and they had offered him a job right when we got engaged and we're settling down. Oh. And so it just wasn't the right time. I had just started my job. And so he decided to turn it down and just kept working. And then fast forward a couple years, cause I loved my job starting out. I really did. And so I, I was had a hard time thinking about leaving it if we were to move to another city. And so a couple years down the road. I was kind of in a position where I was commuting like an hour and a half every day. Oh my gosh! Um, and I loved my job, but I just knew that I couldn't do that, especially if I wanted to start a family, which mm. what we were talking about at the time. And so my husband ended up deciding he wanted to apply to that company that had offered him a job many years ago, and he was accepted, and it was in San Antonio. Heck and so, yeah. yes, and so we had to uproot ourselves and leave all of our family, and we moved here and I started a job that I did not. So I I worked at the same company and I just transferred and I started doing land development, which just wasn't for me. I wasn't a big fan. I felt like I was starting over in my career when I felt like I had started getting really good at my job. I had to start over. And so I just, I was praying like, God, what do you want me to do? And I just, I stayed in the job because I I love my coworkers and I love the company and I was, I was happy there. It just wasn't what I wanted to do long-term. And so my husband loves his job here. And so he kept saying, you know, God has something for you. I know he does because he didn't bring us here. He didn't move us up upper our lives just so that you can not enjoy what you do because he brought me here and I love my job and I know that he has something for you. So I kept hanging on to that little nugget and eventually had my baby and decided I was going to look for jobs closer to home because I was commuting about 45 minutes at the time and so I looked for a job went to an interview it was about 10 minutes down the road and I decided oh it's just not for me you know good company it's just just not for me and so it was kind of disheartening I was like God what do you have for me because I know like I just feel like you're trying to tell me something and no joke it was just one of those moments where God was just like like just gave me this idea like look at the city of Bernie website I was just like that's so random One hour ago, the position for the city engineer had been posted. No joke. (laughs) What on
0: earth? That, oh my gosh, that is such an inspiring and faith-building story. Like, actually, I just would love love to highlight (laughs) that so many people, and I know that calling is kind of a a weighty term that has some baggage for some people, misconceptions for Mm -hmm. others, and many think that if you haven't heard something audible or, like, the writing on the wall then it's like that's what you have to hold out for. Otherwise it's not a calling. But oftentimes I feel for myself and many of the people I've spoken to, it's those moments of a really convicting, clear thought that just comes yes. through loud and clear. Yes.
1: And that, that's absolutely that's the one. Was.
0: Follow mm-hmm. it. Follow it. And then look at where this led you.
1: Yes. Yeah. And honestly, like I applied the next day and got an interview the day after and it was my dream job and I love my coworkers. And I was like, God is so faithful. Like he's so faithful that we, I was terrified to leave Houston. I lived there my whole life and was next to all my family. And I, I, we made the leap of faith. And, um, so yes, it was a long winded way to say, I, I just, I really believe that even if, even if you're going through a hard time or maybe you've Picked a degree in college that you don't enjoy. I think that God has a place for you, even if it's not in that degree path, or even if you just need to find the right job within that degree. I think I truly believe that God is guiding every one of us to find the place that we need to be. Oh, praise Him for
0: that. And I'm so glad that you shared that. That's just mm-hmm. the best, most uplifting example. I'm so I have just loved our conversation, Cheryl, and thank Being you here. so much for everything that you shared. I really hope that this inspires some budding civil engineers
1: to go- so. <laughs> Help in
0: the way you do. So thank you again.
1: No, thank you so much for having me on. This was a lot of fun.
0: If anything about the career path featured in this episode piqued your interest, don't stop here. Take what you've learned, critically examine any follow-up questions you might have, and network to your heart's content to get the answers that you'd like, as well as make meaningful contacts with professionals in that industry that might be able to help you get your foot in the door. If you have a friend who would love all the detailed insider info shared in this episode, don't forget to pass this episode along to them so we could create a network of people who are empowered with the information they need to confidently make satisfying career decisions that allow them to serve in the station in society they were meant for. Thank you to everyone who has supported this labor of love known as the Job Library by leaving a rating and a written review of this podcast. It sincerely makes all the difference to a budding podcast like this one. If you'd like to support the show, just join in by tapping the stars to leave a really quick rating and better yet, write a few words to leave a written review and subscribe. I hope you enjoy the other Benchbull episodes now available to you in the Job Library series and tune in next Tuesday for a fresh batch of interviews with professionals in fascinating, unique, and influential positions. See you soon.